Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of Tailoring in Conversation. In this series, I'll be talking to tailors from all around the globe to gain a better insight into their worlds. My guest for today is Roberto Kerki. Now, you all know Roberto as the person who makes the most radical jeans under the name Keruk. So, little introduction is needed. Let's get started. Roberto, thank you for making the time. Uh, it's a pleasure to see you today. I'm very curious about the things that we're going to discuss and the work that you're doing. Uh, but first of all, hello and how are you? Okay, thank you for uh, your interest in my work. It's a pleasure for me. Great, great. It's, it's a pleasure for me as well. Roberto, I have one question that, that I ask everyone before I start. And, and that question is, if me and you were 10 years old, and we were friends, what were we doing now? <laughs> well, if we were 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 11, 12 is also okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's a hard question. Or maybe I, uh, maybe we end up doing the same thing we are doing now. I don't know. Oh, really? <laughs> Really? So what were were you were you sewing when you were ten? Oh no, actually no. Yeah, it's something that uh, I. Yeah, I started having an int uh, having been interesting in uh, sewing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Actually, very late when I was uh, thirty years old. But uh, I've always been liking doing something with my hand. So probably, like I, for instance, I I studied in the art school. So when I was in the high school, I used to draw every day at school. So maybe it's something that comes from that. Mm -hmm. Were you? Did you have like a, a, a? Did you grow up in an artistic family where where you had people influencing you uh, or or encouraging you to do the art side, or was it something like nobody around me was doing it? It was just something from within, or how 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 did that go for you? Mm, no, actually, only my my brother used to start the same art school, and so I chose to the same school of him. But uh, yeah, nothing else. Okay, okay, okay. So, so what, what, what would you say were your main interests uh, in the artistic level? Was it visual arts? Was it music? Was it sculpting things? What kind of arts were you practicing at the time? Uh, well, at school we used to to draw. How do you say? Um, Human body. Mm -hmm. That's like basic drawing, and then yeah. uh, and then other um, like not sculpture, but using um, um, not sculpting. How do you say? Like modeling. Yes. Yes. Yes, and and that. Well, it's actually in Italy is a. Uh, it's it's one of the, of several high school you can choose, so it's called the liceo artistico. It's a art school for the high school, and then you can do as well uh, artistic studies in the university. But I didn't choose that. Instead, I choose to study Japanese uh, culture and language at university. Wow. And also, and now you actually, live in Japan also, as well. Yes, exactly. Right, right. I studied right, right. also well Japanese art in university, so my uh, focus was in this uh, art history of Japan. Mm -hmm. What what was it about Japan that that drew your attention or your curiosity? You would say. Uh, Probably uh, Japanese literature and uh, Japanese cinema. Mm -hmm. When I was in the last year of uh, high school, and mm -hmm. so decided to to study it, to study it at uh, university. Okay, so would you say that the 
I mean, obviously, before you spoke the language, was it the cinema that that, that kind of like drew you in, and then from there you expand? Okay, you have any favorite films you'd like to share with us? Japanese film? Yeah, yeah, I've been a big fan of Japanese cinema as well. Uh, when I was, uh, I think it was around, what was it like, ten years, eight years ago? I used, I used to be a big fan of the Japanese cinema as well. Um. Yes, I really liked the old Japanese movie from the fifties and sixties, yeah. and uh, especially Yasujiro Ozu. Yeah. And of course, well, of course, uh, the classic Kurosawa movies. Yeah. yeah. And uh, of course, when I was uh, in the high school, there wasn't internet. You, the only movie you can find, you could find it were all were the classics. So nothing particularly. Yeah. Uh, well, the classic Kurosawa movies, of course. But I remember that we could see, we could watch a lot of very interesting old Japanese movie in the Italian television. Oh yes. Yes, there were. And there still are a very good uh, uh, program in the national channel about uh, movies, art movies from uh, all the world. So it, that helped. Right, right. So you're living in Japan now. When did you move to Japan? How, how long have you been living there? Uh, I moved to Japan in 2007. All right, okay. And I've been living here since then. Okay, okay, well, that's that's quite well. Did you did you learn most of the sewing you're doing in Japan? Yes, exactly. Well, because well, because you, you 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 before we started the interview, you mentioned that it you 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 did you started very late, and uh, it's not it's not something you're doing full time. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so you're doing this this, uh, this sewing and you're making jeans. I, I remember the first time when I saw your account on Instagram, uh, I, I, I always remember the line where it said, I make everything by hand. I don't have a sewing machine. Yes. <laughs> and I, and I, I really like the, the I don't have a sewing machine phrase because many people say they make everything by hand. But then when you say, I don't have a sewing machine, you know it's for real. So... Why, why didn't you not have a sewing machine and how did you get into it? How, how did you learn what you're doing and, and why did you decide to uh, not do it with a sewing machine? Um, probably the first step I did, it was uh, making some sashiko embroidery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you heard it. So sashiko is a traditional Japanese way to, at the beginning it, it was for mending um, and repairing um, simple clothes, mm -hmm. uh, especially clothes uh, for um, used by um, farmers yeah. and, uh, and workers. Yeah. And uh, and eventually, it be it became a, a form of both uh, repairing and uh, decorate decorating the garments. Mm -hmm. Right. So the first uh, I remember I liked the the, the traditional uh, patterns, and I just uh, tried some something just but by watching some, by looking at some pictures in the books and uh, mm -hmm. and the magazines. And uh, yeah, I really liked it. And I remember I, actually I decorated one, of, one pair of jeans, just for me. With the same embroidery? Yes, something, yeah, something that I found uh, on on the magazine some pattern that I liked and that was yeah. probably the fir my first uh, uh, introduction to <laughs> to stitching yeah. 
And th this was made for yourself. You made it for yourself. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But it was it was just a a try. It wasn't something. Well, well, you see, the interesting part for me is when you make something completely by hand, it it takes a a, a certain mindset because. Well, you have plenty of options not to do things by hand anymore, but you deliberately choose to make every single stitch by hand. And um, I assume that takes a lot of time. But the, the, the interesting part is it's not something you're doing full time either. So you would think naturally like, hey, if this guy is making jeans, it's not his full time job. Surely he wants to choose a method that is a little bit faster so that, uh, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? But you do completely the opposite. So talk, talk us a little bit through the, 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 the vision you have for it, the mindset. Why from all of these options you, you choose specifically this way of, of, uh, of producing what you're producing? Uh, yes. At, at first it was just a necessity because... Uh, um, at some time, I started uh, uh, working for a friend who has um, um, his own uh, uh, design company. So he makes uh, clothes, especially jeans. And so I, um, that were, was the first time I actually worked in the um, fashion and... Uh, clothes world and uh, so I I wanted to repair my jeans and uh, I didn't have a, a sewing machine and uh, actually I didn't want to buy it just because I just wanted to to do some repairs and you know in in Japan the apartments are very very small and uh, you don't want to put too much stuff in it and you don't have the space so buying a sewing machine was actually a, a, something that I, I, I didn't want to do. So I started repairing my jeans and then after that uh, I just wanted to make something from scratch. And uh, at the same time, working for, in the, in the, for my friend, I... I knew the the world of classic tailoring mm -hmm. because uh, this friend uh, used to host some uh, trunk show of a famous uh, Italian tailor here in Japan. And uh, for the first time I could see, I could touch uh, a handmade garment and uh, yeah, it was uh, love at first time. Mm. So the first uh, uh, pair of trousers I made, it wasn't a pair of jeans, but it was a classic wool uh, trouser. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course by hand, because I wanted, probably I wanted to test myself, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, I really like the idea of uh, handmade classic tailoring garments. And so I just wanted to try, and uh, I made uh, one pair of uh, trousers, then I made uh, another pair, then I wanted to start a jacket. And so I, but nobody could teach me how to do it, so I bought. A book and so I I try to learn it from internet from some videos in on YouTube and from books and of course by watching by looking at, at uh, uh, nice uh, handmade garments and uh, mm -hmm. try to replicate them mm -hmm. so when you say when you say necessity, right? You say I, I had to do it out of necessity. From, from let's say a, uh, what you could say from a philosophical point of view, or, or kind of like, uh, uh, 
maybe even a metaphysical point of view, what was that necessity? Like, why handmade, you know, garments or jeans or trousers? I mean, you've done art school, you could have made drawings, you could have done modeling, but then suddenly this necessity comes from like, do you know what, I'm going to do this by hand and, and I have to do it. Like, why? Yes, uh, mm, well, of course, uh, I learned that the best uh, traditional garments were made by hand, still made by hand. Probably not everything, but most part of it. And uh, yeah, I, I thought I could do it. And I, so I tried. And I really liked the process of making uh, something completely by hand. And uh, it wasn't a... Uh, it wasn't a pain for me. It wasn't boring. I really liked the process. I really liked the time. And of course, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't have to do it. It was just a hobby for me at the time. Yeah. yeah. So uh, to me, it was just a pleasure to do it. So hmm. were you, uh, I mean, when you were starting out, you, you had done some embroidery. Would you, do you think that that embroidery helped you with, with being able to make it happen? Because, you know, if, if you want to make something simple, let's say, uh, if you don't have the basic skills, you can already get stuck at the basic skills. And just because you can't sew, you may think like, oh, this is too difficult. But you had some experience with embroidery. How, did that, how would you say that experience helped you with, with a bigger project like making a handmade uh, pair of uh, jeans? Mm. You mean the sashiko embroidery? Yes, yes. Uh, I don't think it helped, uh, actually, because jeans mm. came after I mm, after my trousers. Okay. But at, at one point of uh, of my life, I really liked making clothes so and I I was thinking that I could maybe go back to Italy and uh, starting learning uh, tailoring from a tailor from an actual tailor mm -hmm. but uh, it was uh, yeah too difficult to do and so um, well I I found I thought that being a tailor, a classic tailor, just by without any school, without any practice in a, in a tailoring house, it wasn't possible because it's, it's too difficult. And uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I understand that uh, that traditional tailoring for coats uh, and it's it's a really com complicated process and. Uh, you need a lot of uh, experience, so I couldn't do it. But since I really liked it, I focused on a much simpler garment mm -hmm. and a garment that I loved, and that was jeans. So I, I thought, well, maybe I, maybe I cannot do a coat or a, an overcoat for a client, but maybe I can do a, a jeans that is much simpler. And so I tried, of course, at first for myself, I did uh, a few prototypes. And of course it was by hand because uh, there was another thinking that there are a lot of small brands, very good small brands, especially in Japan that make very good high-end quality jeans. And they use like uh, old machines and uh, vintage machines and they are very good but there are a lot of them and uh, I thought that uh, well nobody does it by completely by hand so let's try and uh, yeah that's the, that was the beginning did you did you ever had a moment while you were sewing and it's like really late at night and you know you're tired maybe you've made like two or three mistakes but you're still sewing through and you're like, 
man, what is this, man? I just let, why, why don't I just buy a machine and just get it over with this? this did you ever have a moment like that? Uh, no, actually, no. Because, uh, probably because at first it was, I, I, yeah, at first I made jeans for myself and for my relatives and friends and they were uh, prototypes so i mean i i didn't need to make jeans to get a, to to get a living i don't know how to say it mm -hmm. so it wasn't a job it was just a, something more than a hobby and a pleasure mm -hmm. so i could take my time and so I did. I did. I I had plenty of time to to learn by mistakes. So no, it wasn't. A, there wasn't any bad moment. No, okay, that's that's very unique because you know uh, so many times when when you talk to tailors, man, they. I mean, including myself, there have been moments that I thought like, you know, I just want to cut this thing in the middle put some petrol on it and just light it up fire. <laughs> but this is very this is a very unique thing that uh, are you are you a very patient person in general as well yeah. like does what you do reflect you are yeah i think so yes what, i really you like say that if yeah go on i really like to to do small uh, detailed uh, mm. things and uh, so probably uh like those stitches every stitch is a uh, is a pleasure for me yeah yeah well what would you say would you say that i mean you've you've had the experience of going through um learning something that where you didn't have a lot of teachers around you to show you like hey this is how you make this and so you had to really go through the process of discovering all these techniques and books and articles and things like that do your own observations if would you but but you didn't do it as as a profession like you say so you had plenty of time and and plenty of room for for making mistakes but do you think that if someone wants to learn let's say something what like what you're doing sewing something or or making a garment and they don't have a teacher do you think that they would learn better if they didn't do it f full time uh, but they did it as a hobby. Does does it have any kind of positive or special impact in the way you approach something? Mm. Well, I, actually, I think that it is better if you have something, someone who could teach you. Mm -hmm. I. Uh, well, at some at some point, I asked to a tailor to teach me something and uh, so I in, in Japan in Japan yes yeah. and uh, so I actually could learn a lot from him mm -hmm. just by working a few hours with him so something because you know there there is always something that you cannot learn in the books something that you cannot find it on the on the web and so at yeah. some point you have to ask to somebody and so i knew this uh, old uh, tailor and so i could uh, ask him whatever i want and that was the first person then i used to i also used actually i i worked in the in a tailor uh, house, I could say, for a few months, and uh, that was uh, very interesting. I really liked it, but uh, then I switched to another job. <laughs> how would you how would you describe your experience with the tailoring houses? Because, for you know, this from one side you are doing something tailoring related, but as you say, it's not classic tailoring. And so uh, the perspective that you have, and also not every tailor makes everything by hand. So you, you are quite unique in that sense. So 
how would you describe your experience with the tailors and the tailoring houses where you worked and uh, how did you find it were there things what were the things that you thought oh i this is like really a surprise for me or you know that's a very good what what was your experience like um Well, actually, I have to say that uh, I worked for that tailoring out very for a very few weeks, so mm -hmm. it wasn't a long time. So, as you can imagine, I only did very simple tasks, uh, only small parts in the jackets, but uh, uh, I really liked it, and. Uh, uh, it was, uh, and he, he still is a very good friend, and uh, he is a, I have to say, he's a very good tailor that does a lot of work by hand. He was trained in Italy, and so, of course, he used machine for, um, in some parts, but there is a lot of hand works, and so, uh, yeah, it was a good training, even if it was only for a few weeks. And, Were there uh, anything uh, specific? Sorry, sorry. Go on. Yes, just only that. Comparing with with jeans, it's in in some ways uh, it's uh, you can find a lot of similarities mm -hmm. because the basic stitches are the same, like back stitching, and uh, but uh, in from other perspective, it's a kind of a yeah, it's a it's a different type of work, like making jeans using uh, the the fabric I use. It's probably more similar to um, uh, leather works, mm -hmm. working with leather and stitching leather because the because the fabrics are the fabric is so thick that you mm -hmm. cannot the the thimble and needle as in the same way that uh, you use in, uh, in classic tailoring, it's, it's completely different. And, mm -hmm. and uh, so in like the back stitching is the same, but, uh, yeah. but the pressure, the, the, the strong, the, the, that you put in the, in the needle is, it's very different. So I remember that, uh, well, for instance, when I switch to sewing my something for me in in wool, it's I have too much power, and, <laughs> and so I could damage the the wool. So it it's it's different, yes. Yeah. Well, this is the interesting part is that you know I was going to say you you felt probably too powerful when you're working with very heavy materials. Uh, and you switch to a very light material, it seems as if you have to start learning all over again. Yes. Uh, what, what, do, do you source uh, most of your denim or all your denim from Japan, since they yes. have a good industry there? Yeah. Have and, you used uh, denim from other countries as well? No, uh, because, uh, well, uh, Japan is uh, probably one of the most renowned places at the moment for uh, denim fabric. And so that's good for me. And uh, plus, I make a very, very small uh, amount of uh, pieces. And so I don't need a lot of fabric because uh, I don't need. So I found uh, a very nice uh, mill in central Japan. They have a, a, a very high quality fabric. And uh, so, uh, for the moment, I'm using their product. And uh, I actually I use only one type of fabric because is I found that uh, is the best for what I do. So uh, I cannot use a very very heavy fabric like. Some, sometimes you can find uh, jeans that are made from 21 ounces, but that's yes. too thick, even for me. I cannot. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, 
Uh, are those the jeans that you can just stand up and they stand on their own if even yeah. without anyone wearing them? Yeah. I, I don't I don't really like that. I think that's too much. I probably it's a more a marketing thing, but yeah. it's okay. I but I cannot use that fabric. It's too heavy. And mm -hmm. but at the opposite, I cannot use a a fabric that is too light. Mm -hmm. Like if I use a denim that it is under 13 ounces, mm -hmm. I found that it is too um, too light, and uh, uh, yeah, it's not good for uh, for what I do. So the best so the best uh, fabric for me is the the one I'm using at right now. It is a uh, 14 uh, ounces, mm -hmm. and that's the perfect balance. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that 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 sounds very good. Um, Roberto, one of the things that I've, I've recently been thinking about is, uh, well, I read a few things about how, how the brain works and how, how people think. And uh, one of the very interesting parts of the article that I was reading, I can't remember where it was. I think it was written by, by a, um, a developmental psychologist called Jean Piaget. And it was about... Uh, the fact that we, the way humans think is not because of specifically the brains that we have, but also the body that we have. And so we tend to think with, with, with our hands a lot and, and, and the way we can move. And so how that kind of like went, it, it, it was so that when people started to develop artificial intelligence, one of the problems they had is that they couldn't make a machine that was, that was capable of thinking. And so after a few years, once they started to make machines that had bodies like, yeah, like, like the human body, then they could start to get the machines to think because now they could think with, with a gripping mind, let's say. Do you think that, that the, the type of work that you do, for example, being very focused, being because you, like, you need to have a, a very good hand and eye coordination in order to produce the stitches that you produce. It's almost like a machine. Like if someone would show me the stitches that you make, I would not be able to tell whether that's made by a machine or by hand. Like I, I can't. Uh, and so the skills you've developed are, are, are very specific and very unique in that sense. Do you, do you sense that after you learned to do the stitches in the way that you do them now, that maybe a, a part of your thinking has changed as well, or the way you look at things, or the way you approach things. Uh, what would you say uh, about that? Mm. Um, I don't know if this answer to your question, but uh, when I uh, when I when I stitch my jeans, I of course try to be try to make the the best and cleanest the, the cleanest stitch I can do. But at the same time, I don't want it that I want something that looks handmade as well. So, mm -hmm. for instance, I'm not saying that I'm trying to to do some mistakes uh, by purpose, but I still want to to that. The garments looks that that it is something that it is handmade. So uh, probably I think that probably I I could do even better stitching, like more uh, precise and, and smaller than I do at the moment. But uh, mm, probably that wouldn't work uh, and. Uh, uh, and probably, if you have some as more some amount of uh, imprecision, mm -hmm. uh, it's even uh, better for the overall look. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I yeah, yeah, I, I I can imagine. This is this is one of the tricky parts. I think one of the big conversations that a lot of timetables have is: should something made by hand look as if it was made by a machine? And then, obviously, the, what you say is, is, is something that many people stand by, which is, you know, when something is made by hand, you would like to see elements of it 
to, that, that portray it's done by hand. Um, the funny thing is when I look, for example, uh, like, uh, if I go to the museum and I go to the Japanese section, the, 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 the art and crafts that they've produced throughout the centuries is so meticulous that I can't, I can't tell, like, like swords, for example, like this is, I'm fascinated by them. I can't tell whether, like, it doesn't look like anything handmade. And, and the interesting part is I have never seen a level of craftsmanship, for example, that I've seen in, in, in sword making, for example, from Japan, in tailoring. Like, I've never seen anything tailor-made to that level that you would say, this is 100% machine. And, 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 I, and I would say this as a compliment. I think the, 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 the only person that, whose work is as close as perfect to a machine has been yours. And, 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 and apart from that, I have seen very few people who stitch as, as accurate as you do. So uh, hats Thank off you. to you. I yes, hope that it's... I, I, you can uh, see it, uh, uh, the actual jeans sometimes. Like, I'd love to, sure, to show sure. you. Sure, sure. Yeah, there, yeah, I mean, so... there is actually one, uh, one point that uh, it's funny because uh, in, the, in the buttonhole, mm -hmm. uh, in that case, I, I deliberately tried to replicate the buttonhole made by machine. So right the so the in in the in the jeans industry you have this bottom hole that is that finish i don't know how to explain well it's completely different from the bottom hole that you can find in uh, traditional tailoring for instance i could do that mm -hmm. in jeans as well but i found that mm -hmm. uh, to replicate the the machine one is much more funny it's funnier yeah, and yeah, yeah. interesting. So in that case, I well, try that's to... the thing. Yeah, you're testing yourself. I mean, if, if you can beat the machine with accuracy, then uh, well, what's 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 a higher level of accuracy? I think uh, is beyond what a machine can do. Do you uh, do you ever flirt with making tailored garments like jackets or uh, or, or overcoats or shirts? Maybe anything else apart from jeans. Uh, well, actually, I, I'm well now. I don't have time, but uh, for myself, I like to make uh, more traditional clothes, like a jacket. Mm -hmm. I made a couple of suits, and uh, but that's just that's only for myself. I I don't think I'm good enough for for produce for make uh, garments for a client. And uh, but uh, in the future, I really like to try to make something uh, with leather, leather mm -hmm. jacket, uh, made by hand, of course, as well. Mm -hmm. I think if I if I could find some time at the end of the year, I would try to make uh, to make a prototype for myself, and then mm -hmm. let's see what. Have you uh, already made anything with leather so far? Yeah, like uh, bags, uh, but right, just yeah. for myself. Yes. Okay. 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 Well, that, no, no, that, that that that's good. Is uh, I mean, I know Japan. You mentioned this as well. It's like very limited when it comes to space. So uh, the apartments are small uh, uh, and things like that. Do you produce everything at, at home or do you have a separate workshop or, or are you using another workshop? How, how does that work, uh, Roberto? No, completely at home. I have a, a nice... Uh, uh, it's not a room, it's only a, um, a part of, of a room. And, uh, but as I, as I was... As I told you, I don't have a machine, so I really don't need anything more than a table and a, and a chair and, a, and a, yeah, an iron board, and that's all. I, I don't need anything else. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's also, I really like also the, the, um, 
the idea of uh, not depending mm-hmm. of a machine of a, and uh, probably the only yeah the only electric device that I use is the iron and uh, I really How like dare you? that <laughs> <laughs> I really like that I would I would try to use a an old iron with charcoal inside but yes. <laughs> that's probably too much <laughs> <laughs> that's even too much for you <laughs> yeah yeah I well, because it's I, I don't have the space if I have a fireplace I could try yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, so do do you have you noticed other people in in Japan who do uh, the same thing as you're doing, like uh, focused on handmade denim? Is is there a market for for handmade jeans, uh, as far as you know, in Japan, for example, or anywhere else? No. No. Hmm. No, but I I I only found one example of uh, completely handmade jeans in the internet right but uh, i don't sorry yeah no no please continue uh yes i found it on in the internet but i don't know if they are still uh, available uh, i've never uh, looked at at them uh, mm-hmm. so i only i only saw them in the pictures but uh, for uh, as much as I know, I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. So far, so far, the things that you have made, who would you say is the is the person who wants to buy handmade jeans? Who who is who is the client that wants to do that? Yeah, probably collectors. Oh, really? Yes, and uh, of course, someone who already has a, a lot of pair of jeans probably that really likes the something special mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and uh, yeah of course it's not somebody who just want a pair of jeans because they are of course they are kind of ex- expensive and uh, uh, so yeah probably collectors so you one has to be like very much into jeans in order to want fully handmade jeans. I think so. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't think that my um, usual customer is somebody who appreciates like traditional tailoring and also mm-hmm. tradi- uh, my jeans because they are two completely different world. So in my experience, my usual customer is someone who loves uh, jeans and uh, workwear and uh, uh, is very particular about uh, quality. And that. Mm-hmm. How much time do you spend uh, per week on, on making the things that you make? Uh, okay. Of course, now I I work. Uh, my my first job is a normal job, so I can uh, make my jeans when I come back home. So at night and in my day offs. So if I don't work in the office, I work. I make jeans. Do you? Uh... Have very long days usually when you get back from work. Do you spend like lots of hours on making the jeans, or is it like small batches every day? How do you uh, manage your time? Because uh, I can imagine it's it's very tiring if you if you've done a full day and then you come back home and then you start this intense work of sewing super precise. Uh, how how do you balance that? Well, I of course I try to not overdo <laughs> because. Yeah. Uh, it's I, actually, I sometimes I think that I I don't know if I can do I can make jeans like all the time every day mm-hmm. because uh, it's very it's very hard for the hand. I think you mm-hmm. you can easily not get injured, but uh, you can stress 
your fingers and uh, mm -hmm. ten tendons too yeah. much. So at the moment I work like uh, after work I make jeans for a couple of hours, two, three, mm -hmm. could be also could be even four hours. Yeah. And then in my day offs I I work like uh, six to eight hours, ten hours. Mm. Mm -hmm. Are you a, are you a very fast sewer or do you take your time? No, I think I take my time. I'm not so fast. Okay. Even my my tailor friend told me that I wasn't I wasn't fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you 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 have to uh, maybe do a competition to see because eventually, you know, yes, maybe you take your time, but the the results are absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think uh, the the first few times a few years ago when I saw your work. I think you hadn't put a lot of things out there uh, yet. It wasn't because it, you you changed your Instagram a little bit. I I, I remember it, it. It looks a bit more uh, like a brand now, whereas before it it, it was uh, stories and, and 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 photos of what you were doing, and um, and I kept first thinking like, why does he do everything by hand? And you know, so here's an interesting thing when when a lot of tailors. Uh, start out, young, especially young tailors, uh, they are very passionate, right? And so uh, and they see romanticized uh, marketing videos and they hear stories from old tailors. And, you know, it's like we do everything by hand and this is that and this is this. And so they are very passionate. And when they start, they think that everything they're going to do is by hand, right? And so they start and they sit for like an hour, maybe two hours to sew something well, first of all, they have to learn how to use their thimble, which is already difficult for them. But then the pain they start to get, like in their back, in their shoulders, in their neck, in their head. And they're like, uh, can I just not do this on the machine? You know, why are we doing this by hand? And so very quickly, they make the switch into doing stuff on, with the machine. Uh, but 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 you 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 haven't done any of that. And so. Uh, it was very fascinating for me, extremely, to, and to be like, what sort of mentality does it take for someone to, despite the fact that they can have a sewing machine, to just do everything by hand? How long does it take you, roughly, if, if, you, had, if you had the time to make a, jean, a pair of jeans from start to finish, uh, you know, and you had like, let's say, one week off or whatsoever, how long does it usually take you to make a pair of jeans? Uh, it takes uh, 75 to 80 hours to complete one right. pair. And uh, so I calculated that if I would do it like every day, I could do it in 10 days. Mm -hmm. uh, 10 days would be a, a nice balanced... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, way to do it, yes. Not not doing too much. Not doing yes. Probably ten days, nine, ten days. And do you feel that there is a difference in the uh, in the comfort or the wear of the jeans when you make everything by hand uh, compared to jeans that are made fully by machine? Ah, uh, do you mean if they are stronger or they are? Uh, they are better yeah do they feel different if you wear them as well uh when when you're like do do they last longer or how how would you compare them um yes uh usually in the even the the high quality jeans you can find on the market they are stitched with um um, not cotton thread, but with a um, polyester thread or a mixture of yes. it. So it is actually it is stronger than a um, natural uh, material. But mm -hmm. uh, in my case, uh, I wanted to use uh, only natural material mm -hmm. uh, since the beginning. So uh, since the beginning, I used uh, linen thread for the stitchings. 
And uh, my first um, uh, worry was about the, yeah, the durability of it, because I thought probably the linen thread could uh, uh, could be more uh, well, not strong enough to resist the, mm -hmm. the to pass the test of time. Mm -hmm. But actually, uh, I have my the, the first jeans I made for myself. And I still use it. They are uh, uh, three years old, probably. Mm. And uh, I didn't notice any fault in the stitchings. So the the, the thread is actually very strong, stronger than I thought. Well, it, it is a very thick thread. I don't think that you can uh, use it on in a machine. Right. So so that's probably a good point <laughs> of. Uh, uh, hand stitching it, and um, I really, I really also like the way it um, develops the thread. I mean, because usually uh, jeans fanatics likes the the way the the denim develops in time and how it fades. Yeah. Uh, in my case, of course, it's the same. But uh, you can also uh, enjoy the fading in the in the thread so it turns out to be a, a nice ivory color and uh, it's very nice i think it's what's very the nice main, what's the most uh frequently used stitch that you use backstitch the backstitch yes i think that probably yeah 90 percent of the stitching is backstitch and then I I use the for the hips area. Mm -hmm. I have this my signature yeah. uh, stitchings, and that is made with a uh, something like it's called Norwegian stitching. Yeah. Or somebody calls it Norwegian stitching because it. I believe it, it uh, came from the Norwegian welted shoes. Mm -hmm. I'm not actually not so such an expert, but it's uh, in some uh, handmade shoes you can find that uh, stitchings, and that's uh, and that's it. Yeah, it's almost back stitch. Do you uh, do you think you're you're ever going to uh, expand what you're doing and maybe switch from? Uh, doing this part-time into going full-time and maybe have an apprentice uh, and, and, and scale what you're doing? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure about it because at the moment I don't have uh, such an amount of work that I could, uh, that it could provide for my, for my life. And so, and plus, it's something that uh, it's it's very hard. You need a lot of uh, patience, and uh, you need a lot of strength. And so I don't know if somebody could do it. So I I cannot uh, ask to somebody to to do the thing I do. Probably it's too hard. I don't know. Too hard. It se it seems as if as if if you would want to scale what you're doing, you would have probably the most problems with talent, really. Someone willing to do that and, and, and actually have yeah. the same passion, or, or is there something else you think? Because, you know, even if I do, if I would do it every day for a, as, a, as a profession, I believe that I, I could make like three pairs of jeans in a month, and uh, I don't know if, if it would be enough for a um, uh, yeah for a for a living. Mm -hmm. So probably I could I could do like handmade like hand stitched jeans, and then also I have like some machine made jeans yeah. as a 
second line that could be a possibility and uh, maybe maybe in the future mm -hmm. what what does uh, karuk mean it's just my surname uh, oh, yeah. but uh, japanized <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's it's but it came from my from my surname okay 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 uh, so how did you ja japanize it did you was it is it based on the meaning or based on the sounds or the writing on or? The sound, the sound, yes okay 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 well uh, if here, here's a question that I have if how, how long have you been doing this so far uh, until today uh, I made the first jeans in 2018, probably. 18. Three years. Ago. Yes, three years ago. Mm -hmm. If if you if you had to do everything all over again and you had to start from zero, what would you change? What would you do different? What what do you think would have helped you to to do it better the next time? Um. Well, but you know, it took time. It took time just to develop my the technique, the design, and uh, like for instance, <clears throat> the what I call the the hook, the the Norwegian stitching on in the, on the side on the hip. It it wasn't something that I I taught and I designed it. It's, it was something that came one day. I mm -hmm. I tried to do some some stitchings, and uh, that hook came out. And I thought that it could be I could use it somewhere. And then I realized that I didn't have a uh, a particular design in the back pocket because you know in in jeans every brand. Every brand has his own uh, design. I didn't have, and also I didn't want to use it because it's, I, I don't know, I didn't want to, to do the same thing. And so instead of putting some design in the back uh, pocket, I put it on the hips. And uh, But it wasn't something that I, uh, how can I say, it wasn't something that I, I taught. It just came out from the from the practice, so yeah. so everything came in a specific moment, and that and it and it was the right moment probably. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's completely true what you say. I, I, I've mentioned I've seen so many times when you repeat something. Uh, and all you're thinking about is just what you're repeating. But then suddenly, after repeating it so often, it just you look at it very differently as well. It, it, it changes suddenly into something else. Um, and, and I guess that's one of the most curious, yeah, you could say curious parts of the creative process is from the repetition, you suddenly get something new. And then from all the quantities, you get you start to see the quality kind of like filter through, uh, which in, in your case, obviously, you're, I mean, you must have done a million stitches so far. And I, I also like the idea that my jeans are not always the same. Like, mm -hmm. my previous jeans is different from the next jeans. And of course, probably the next jeans is better. But uh, that doesn't mean that the previous jeans is worse. It just means that, that they are different. And so there is a develop, there is a development, like, in my first pairs, uh, well, there wasn't the design was different, the pattern was uh, different, and uh, yeah, every every pair has uh, its own uh, life, I could say, its its own uh, characteristic, and uh, I but I like it. I like it that it's not something that it's made on a, in a factory. 
did you have any uh, anyone helping you with with the pattern part because uh, one of the things i wonder is how did you how did you learn the the the, the pattern side because uh, as you've experienced you know pattern cutting can be very 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 mysterious and so especially yeah. trousers they they i think from from what i've experienced i think trousers are somehow a bit more difficult than jackets or shirts because you know where you have you have the seat seam and that almost acts as well the shoulder seam uh, in two different ways you know lengthwise and widthwise um what was the process for you like yes that was the the most difficult part mm. because uh, as i told you i don't have a formation uh mm. i didn't go to school i didn't go to a to a tailoring house to learn it and so uh, at first, I yeah, I asked uh, to a tailor, a friend of mine, to show me at least the basics, and uh, um, and with his help, I made my first and second pair of trousers, not jeans. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, I found it that it was very very difficult and uh, something for that. If you really want to make something for not for yourself but for a client, you you definitely need to go to a school or you need a, a longer experience to do it well. Mm. But for jeans, well, they are actually much much more. They are more. They are much simpler than a than a classic pair of trousers. So. Mm -hmm. Especially and uh, the jeans I make that are cut on the selvage. So, for instance, the the side uh, seam is mm. almost completely straight mm -hmm. until the hip area. So, it's it's a very simpler piece of garment compared to to what you do in a in traditional tailoring. So, but that was difficult, of course, in the beginning. And uh, yeah, what I do, what what I did, it was uh, to uh, look at a lot of pairs of uh, vintage jeans and uh, um, and also jeans that you can find in the in the market at the moment. Of course, and uh, try to copy, try to steal uh, all the the parts. And uh, and that uh, gave birth to my first prototype. Mm -hmm. And I, I tried to to myself. Um, I did a lot of corrections, and uh, it was good that I had the time to do a lot of mistakes and correct things. And uh, at the end, I I hope I found I found some good patterns that works for me and for uh, even for the customers mm. how, how do you how do you or how did you study other jeans like when you look when you look at, at the pair of jeans what how do you look at it because obviously you make them now and the way you look at it is very different than someone who just wears them so when you when you ha when someone shows you a pair of jeans how do you scan the entire thing and, and what things do you look for and how do you how do you study it maybe if, if you want to use something that you think is cool? Uh, what's your process around that? Well, if it's possible, I like to to look at them inside. How do they fold some parts? How do they design some uh, curves and uh, something like that? But as I told you, Jeans are are uh, simple, and also they are. You you cannot find uh, a lot of uh, differences like you can find it like in in trousers in traditional trousers. Mm. Uh, you know, if you in like for instance in this uh, tailoring house, you have this. Kind of style in in another tailoring house. You have, you can find another style, but in jeans they are they are 
pretty much the same. Yeah. Mm. And uh, yeah, of course, there are uh, fashion trends. You can find uh, more wider, slimmer, but the basic construction, it's, it's quite simple and it's, it's almost the same for many brands. Very interesting, very, very interesting for me. I, I'm still fascinated about uh, well, how one of your jeans would, would, would look like in, in, in real, because uh, obviously I've only seen photos, and also how they would feel uh, you know, wearing them. So um, I hope that one day I can visit Japan, or if, if you visit London, you know, uh, love to see you and, and, and what you make. And uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm very curious to see what what where you will take this because um, I think you what you, what you're having is some sort of a uh, well I could easily say a unique vision on how things should be done and uh, you know it 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 makes perfectly sense that the people buying from you are people who are collectors and people who really admire and have a big passion for jeans uh, just just as you have so yeah, they are inspired actually, me they are they are actually pretty rare my jeans because i i make very few of them so they are highly collectibles i think yeah but yeah. Uh, um i really like to uh compare what i do and what uh, real tailor do mm -hmm. using